All right, so our dilemma of the week goes uh, the following. A lovely family uh, is going on uh, holidays and they, um, they're going out into the mountains, a beautiful place, uh, parents, kids, and they take their dog along on the holiday. Anyway, in the midst of the holiday, they go to visit a vineyard to watch how wine is made. And they arrive, they say, is it okay if we bring our dog? And they say, well, it's okay, just keep him on the leash, keep, keep a watch on him, uh, make, sure, make sure he's uh, under control. And as they're going through the vineyard and they see the vats full of wine and all the various things, without realizing, the dog has climbed up one of the ladders to a vat and starts licking the wine out of a vat. Uh, he's on the leash, but somehow the, the leash was long enough to him to get up there and without realizing while they're listening to the guy describe how wine is made, uh, the dog is drinking from the wine. They turn around, they see, they pull him down, hey, get out of there. And the guy says, oh my goodness, the dog got into the wine vat. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to sell that wine. And he calls the superior who calls the health department who says that no way, if, if, a, if a dog went into the, the vat of wine, that vat is garbage. You're going to have to throw it away. So they turn to the dog owner, our happy holiday maker, and say, well, you're going to have to pay the damages for that. That's a, that's a whole vat of wine that we're chucking out. Not only, not only do you have to pay for the wine that your dog drank, you're going to have to pay for the entire vat that we're going to have to throw out because your dog has contaminated it, has, uh, has dirtied it. The dog owner says, my dog's healthy. It's not, it's not, a, not, a, not, a, not a, a rabid dog. And they say, well, that may be the case, but that doesn't help us. The health department conditions are that a dog has gone into the vat of wine. That vat is not sellable. It's gone. So... What indeed would we say from a halachic standpoint? Is that true? Does the entire vat is that that he's that he's is now can't sell? Does that mean that the dog owner has to pay for that entire vat, or does he pay for the the the, the wine that the, the dog drank? Perhaps he has to pay, but for the entire vat, like because the regulations say you can't you can't sell it. That's that's my fault. Is that is that my damage? Is that is that something that I'm liable for? So first of all, it's, it's important to clarify that in Jewish law, you are responsible for damage that you do. You're also responsible for damage that your property does, including your animals. So if your dog or your cow or your, your pet damages something else, you're, you are liable for that damage. Um, however, there are different levels of liability depending on the nature of the damage. There's a tractate in the Talmud called Bavakama, talking about damages, the laws of damages. And there it talks about animals damaging. And there are different ways that animals damage. For example, if you have a, an ox and your, your ox gores, attacks somebody, so that's one way of, of, of uh, attacking through the horns, uh, an aggressive attack, and you could damage a person or, or, or property or somebody else's animal. Uh, an animal also eats stuff. It eats other people's property. That's another way it, it, it can damage. And an animal tramples. An animal walks on things, tramples over, over plants or, or breaks vessels. That's another way an animal can damage. Now, interestingly, 
When it comes to what an animal eats, well, that's normal for animals to eat. It's normal for animals to walk on stuff. Uh, animals attacking, well, it depends what type of uh, animal it is. Some animals are dangerous and attack. Others are unusual to attack. And so generally speaking, when an animal attacks or eats or does something in a normal way, the way that the animal is expected to do, you have to pay full damages. If the animal does something unusual out of its normal uh, habit, so then you only have to pay half damages because it wasn't an expected thing to happen. So here, with a dog drinking the wine, we could have an interesting question. Is that normal for a dog to drink wine? Is, is that itself normal or is that an unusual thing to do? Do dogs drink wine? Uh, dog owners may have an opinion. Happened exactly to us this weekend. He didn't drink out of a vat, but our dog, was, there was wine that spilt on the floor and he, and he licked it up. Went and licked it up. Okay. So there you go. We have eyewitness proof that dogs drink wine. Uh, although your dog, your particular dog may be a connoisseur, but let's assume that, 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 that dogs do this type of thing. So therefore you can't argue that this was way out of the ordinary for the dog to drink. Dr dogs drink. It's a normal thing for them to do. And therefore the dog owner has to watch over his, his dog to make sure that he doesn't drink somebody else's wine. Here he did it. So certainly he's liable for the damage of drinking the wine. The question is, is he liable for the entire vat that the dog didn't drink the entire vat? The dog didn't really do anything to the entire vat, except from a legal perspective now, this vat is unsellable because so say the regulations. Does the dog owner take responsibility for that and have to pay damages for that? Any thoughts? Sounds like it could be half. No, it's, he's got to pay for the whole thing, unfortunately. Why? He was innocent. Why? Because his dog, dogs drink things. They don't only drink wine and they don't only drink water. Sometimes they drink pee. Whatever it is, dogs drink things. Mm -hmm. And this dog drank the wine. Now the wine's unsaleable. Therefore, the loss occurred by the by the seller of the wine is the total amount. So he should pay for all of the wine at cost. And he should actually, be, he should be given the wine, which he could then dispose of as he saw fit. But unfortunately, the, the, the actions, yeah, the, act, the dog, the, he should, that's it. He should keep the dog, the wine for the dog. Well, not, not much of consolation maybe, about dog maybe. owner that he's taking home a vat of wine for his dog. Um, Rabbi, Rabbi, is there a question about whether the wine owner, whether it's a dog or a kangaroo or a cow, he should have had a gate or something around the vat to pr pr stop it from any kind of potential, you know, animal or well, whatever? Well, that's interesting, but it's on his property. It's, it's, on, it's on his property and he's allowed the dog with the dog owner onto the property. So he's allowed to be there. That's certainly true. But uh, he did say, you know, dogs can come on a leash. And he assumed that the, the, the dog owner's responsibility is to watch your dog and not to jump in the vat. So uh, it seems he would have taken re reasonable precautions against it. We can't hold him responsible. What about utilizing some of the knowledge from our previous discussions? What about the principle in Jewish law that an invisible damage is not liable? That if you create a damage that is not visible in the actual thing, so then you're not liable for it. Remember, we discussed that. And also, and also, he's a renter. 
So he's paying for the um, ability to be at the thing. So he has, because he's paid something, he has less liability, no? Um, well, he's, he has a right to be there. That's, that's true. He has a right to be there. But still, even, even a renter, if you damage somebody else's property, you'd still be liable. But accidental damage, not, not willful damage. Doesn't that have a difference? Even if it's, if it's incidental, paid you're, rental? You're, you're liable uh -huh. for any damage, whether it's accidental or, or intentional, uh, it, as long as it's not in the normal course of things, you know. So here, the normal course of things to, to let your dog into the vat, I wouldn't, I think it would be a bit of a stretch to say that's the normal course. So the question really is, would this be a case of invisible damage and therefore not liable? Remember we discussed when, when, when the damage caused was not an actual physical damage, something's missing. We spoke about earrings where, where one of them went missing, the other one lost its value. And there we argued, well, that's not invisible damage because that's, that's a pair of earrings. Well, what about here uh, where you've got a vat of wine? It's still there. The vat of wine is still there. What damage is there to the vat that, that's there? What, that, what has been lost? Nothing except for its theoretical value because of the regulations that have imposed on it. Remember here, we're not talking about that, the, um, that, 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 that something has entered into the wine to make it bad. It's just that the law says that a, that a dog drinking from the wine has invalidated it. Uh, because I guess the risk that maybe it, the dog is diseased and that, that we don't know. So you, why wouldn't you argue here that this is an invisible damage and therefore not liable? So this, this was discussed uh, in a theoretical example. Let, let's see how far can you take the principle that invisible damage you're not liable for? How, how far does that apply? If a person puts poison in a drink and somebody else drinks that poison, Intentionally, you put poison in a drink and somebody else drinks it. Are we going to say that they're not liable because you can't see the poison? You, you, can't, you can't visibly see anything? It's, it's an invisible liquid. It's a, part, it's a part of the drink. So, of course, we wouldn't say that. Why? Because there you say there is actually a physical change. Something has happened to the wine or the drink. So, here, it's an, the, the invisible damage. The question is, what is the invisible damage? Is it that there's a chance that there is disease in the wine and that's why we're holding back? Or is it that there's just a law that says a, a dog touches wine, you can't drink it, whether there's a disease there or not? In other words, if we could prove that it's not disease, would it be legal? Well, in this case, no. The, 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 the authorities are not saying go and test the wine and see if there's anything in it and if it's okay, you can drink it. The authorities are saying you got to chuck that out. And... So therefore, here you could perhaps argue that this is an invisible damage because the damage is not me, the dog owner, inflicting damage on this vat of wine. It's the authorities putting a law on this and my participation in it is incidental, is, is causative. I caused it, but I'm not actually the, the source of the damage. The rule, the law is the source of the damage. And that is exactly a case of invisible uh, damage. An interesting parallel to this is where a, a case where a person took his cow to be shechted, to be slaughtered. So he took his cow to the, to the slaughterer, as it was done in the old days. You had animals in your yard. When you wanted to eat one, you took it over to the slaughterer to shecht. So he took his cow over to the slaughterer to shecht. The slaughterer shechted, slaughtered the animal. And there was a halachic question on the slaughter. So the, the way he cut it was a way that some opinions say is okay, other opinions say that it's actually not kosher the way he cut it. And so they went to 
a, a rabbi to see what, what happens now. Is this kosher or not kosher? There are different opinions on it. So the rabbi said, look, this is a question where there are, it's actually an unresolved dispute in Jewish law. There are opinions that say it's kosher. There are opinions that say it's not kosher. Therefore, we have to be strict because it's a Torah prohibition to eat a not properly slaughtered animal. And in the case of a Torah prohibition, you, ha- you have to be strict. You have to err on the side of caution. You can't eat this cow. So then the question became, okay, well, now that you're telling me that I can't eat my cow, so then should the shochet not pay damages to me because he incorrectly slaughtered the cow and therefore he caused a loss to me? And on that, the rabbi says, unfortunately, no. He doesn't pay damages to you. And the reason for that is because there is a doubt whether it's kosher or not. It might be kosher. It might not be kosher. When it comes to kosher, we have to be strict because there's a Torah law that says you can't eat not kosher. When it comes to extracting money from somebody for damages, you cannot extract money for some, from somebody on a doubt. You have to have proof. You have to be sure that they have damaged. So as far as the, the, the shoichet having to pay you for the damages, we're going to say, no, he doesn't because it might be kosher. As far as eating it, we're going to say you can't eat it because it might not be kosher. Because one of them is a Torah law about kosher. The other one is a monetary dispute. For monetary disputes, you cannot extract money from somebody without proof, without conclusive, uh, uh, a, a case that's, that's conclusive. So here again, we see an example of a damage that the shochet caused, but it's an invisible damage, meaning that the damage is that maybe this is not kosher. Well, maybe not kosher is a theoretical thing. It's not a physical thing. And so therefore, you cannot uh, make him pay the money. Here as well, you could argue for our wine, uh, our, our dog connoisseur, wine connoisseur, that he drank the wine. That, that, that caused some less wine to be there. He has to pay for that. But the damage caused to the rest of the wine is an invisible damage. It's an intangible damage. It's that the law says that any time this happens, you cannot sell the wine. And so for that, we cannot... Extract money from the dog owner. Yes? Sorry, what about the idea of like nose and tongue of gum? That's an invisible thing that said, and you're making it not kosher. So let's say a guy comes to a a kosher and puts a little bit of pig milk inside. You can't see the difference between the pig milk and the, and the normal milk, and we make it not kosher. Correct. It's an invisible thing. So, yes, an invisible thing will still make it not kosher, but what it cannot be described as is damages. We cannot go to, let's, let's say in your example, where somebody makes something not kosher by, 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 by spilling something in it. You can't see the damage. Here, here it is. There's no, there's no d- 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 definable damage. So then you cannot uh, um, uh, obligate him to pay damages. He'll say, here's your milk. What's wrong with the milk? It's, it's right here in front of you. That's it's as far as being obligated to pay damages. But that it's not kosher, it's still not kosher. It's the, the invisible law is like this. Why, why did our sages say that invisible damage you don't pay? You don't, you don't pay damages? Very interesting reason. The reason is because if you would have to pay damages for an invisible damage like that, then you just won't say it happened. You'll, you'll, just, you'll just pretend it never happened. And you won't tell people. So, for example, if you're at somebody's house and you accidentally spilled some milk in their cholent pot. So now what have you done? You've now made the cholent pot 
not kosher. Let's let's assume there's enough milk in there that 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 it makes it not kosher. So you you now have two issues. One issue is your friends are going to eat not kosher. Another issue is you've just ruined this person's cholent pot that they spent a lot of money on. In theory, let's say they're 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 not such a good friend and they're going to make you pay for it. So if you're going to have to pay for it, then you might just keep quiet about it and not even tell them what you've done because that way you get out of any monetary obligation. And then you're causing them to eat not kosher. But our sages said better will say you're not obligated for, in, for invisible damage. So you will tell people that you did it. You'll warn them that don't eat this cholent because it's not kosher. That, that you'll do if there's no monetary penalty for you. So what our sages say here is a fascinating thing that as righteous as a person may be, when it hits your pocket, suddenly righteousness goes out the window. Suddenly when you owe somebody else money for it, so then, then, then you, you, you protect yourself. And this is, this is something that I say, just say, whether you're a, a very moral person or a less moral person, money blinds you to morality when, when, when money's involved. So therefore the sage just said, we don't want people making an, an innocent mistake. I accidentally uh, dropped something not kosher in your thing. I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to have to pay for it. Let's exempt them from the payment and make sure that they own up and warn people, you can't have this. This is not kosher. So bottom line for, for our case is, it's, it could be argued either way, but there was a strong argument to say that the wine was an invisible damage that the, the, the dog caused indirectly because it's actually because of the regulations and therefore he shouldn't have to pay for the entire vat of wine. All right, have a great day. Good to see you, everyone. Uh, thank you so much. All the best. Rabbi Moss. Yeah. Can I ask, though, that's good for the um, for the damages part of it in terms of uh, just to let people know. But yes. then what if the, it becomes visible by they show that the value of the wine now no, they can't sell it for the same value because they show you, look, look, I'll go to my supplier and say what happened. And he'll say, look, if that's the case, I'm only going to give you 20% of what it's normally worth. Then does that mean it's now visible damage? It's, it's not visible because you can't, you, can't, you can't say that there's something missing in the wine. Visible means that look at the wine. There's a problem here. Are you talking about physical, physical Correct. visible? Correct. Not value. Value is an invisible uh, uh, thing. Whereas the so there's in that case there's no way even if they can sh say okay well thank you for letting me know what happened we all saw it but now I'm about to as an owner of the wine I'm about to lose you know eighty percent of that value that I normally produce so they can't claim that person to cover the damages at all no because even because they can prove that that's the case because because they'll say that 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 he can't claim and of course he, he may out of the goodness of his heart say look I feel responsible my my dog caused this so I, I his, yeah. his contribution he could do that but to obligate him uh, when actually what happened it's because of a, a regulation which that regulation may even be a little bit irrational and you know it's just like saying well anything that happens with the dog you're gonna have to chuck it out uh, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's and does this only apply to physical items? Or what? Like, you know how uh, people use defamatory? Like if you like said something or published something that... that that's a different thing. That, that, that defam defamation or anything like that is by definition invisible. We're not talking about a physical, you know, object. Like if, if, I if, if, if someone defames somebody else's name, so then that's not taking a part of their body away. That's, that's, that's a reputation thing. Yeah, purely in the first place, 
is a damage on, on its own. There's a separate type of damage when you damage a, another human being by shaming them. Um, and that that is, of, uh, is an invisible damage that you are liable for. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Because uh, I thought, what if someone said, oh, that's the company that had the dog drink the wine from the vat? Uh-huh. So if you've, if you've given a bad name to the company now that they... <laughs> they're they're an unhygienic company. Yeah, even unintentionally, someone could say, "Oh, on the weekend, our dog drank from that thing," but luckily, no one saw it, <laughs> or we didn't have to pay. Yeah, well, I guess if they throw out the vat, then they've then they've saved their name. But uh, if if you create a bad reputation for a company, that that would be you'd be responsible for that. Oh, you would be. Okay. Yeah. I assume that goes into different halakha too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you for your okay. time, brother. Have a great day. All the best. Bye. Keep well.